0: and get 10% off your plan.
2: You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast. I'm David Greiner. I'm an editor with adweek.com. And this week we are in Cannes in the south of France for the Cannes Lion International Festival of Creativity. And uh, we are interviewing some fascinating people each day. Today, uh, we have got Sophie Wirth, recruiter for Widen & Kennedy Amsterdam. Sophie, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, David. So when we talk about Can, we often talk about the in terms of the benefits. We talk about the awards and the high profile and you, you know winning. Uh, but for someone like you as a recruiter, it's it's different. Uh, you, you know, I assume you're out looking for the talent side of it. So what are you looking for uh, when you come to Can each year?
1: What what I look for is is exactly that is. is- expanding my network, meeting new people, and I found I'm getting wiser every time I come here, I'm a little wiser, and what works the best is actually to plan a certain amount of things, but really make some room for serendipity, because that's, it's on the unplanned moments that I've met the most interesting people here. Um, it's, it's you know, I, recruiting is like gold mining, so you're like chipping away at a mountain, and then suddenly you find one little nugget, and you follow that thread, and it leads you to more great people, and that's what happens. I meet people I didn't even know about, and that starts the gold thread for the rest of the year or you know the next years.
2: I've heard a lot of executives, maybe not a lot, but I've heard several executives complain that they don't like sending a lot of people to uh, festivals like Cannes because their people can get poached uh, you know, by being featured as talent and by being around all these recruiters. I feel like you're... Not that tactical, but you're looking for, for new folks. No,
1: I don't. I mean, and I, I speak to a lot of my fellow recruiters, not just within Wyden, but other agencies too. And it's actually quite rare that we hire right off the croisettes. Um But you do mean people. And I think recruiting is, is starting conversations with people even though you might not be looking for their specific profile right this minute but you start a conversation that's going to span months years and when the right moment comes in the star lines either this person or somebody they know will be the person you hire so I don't think that it's dangerous to send your people to to can I think that's you know and we always say if if people want to move on and go somewhere else we just send them there with love it's kind of it's even a compliment in a way um yeah I, I wouldn't be scared of sending talent here
2: so diversity has obviously been a major topic of discussion at cannes for several years. It remains one at this, uh, this year. But uh, for you, in, Nether- in the Netherlands specifically, you have actual legal limitations on your ability to track, uh, diversity and, and what you can ask about employees. Tell us a bit about that, about what you're legally allowed or prohibited from doing in, in the Netherlands. Uh,
1: so in the Netherlands, it's it's actually illegal to ask people, or for companies to ask people to take boxes about their ethnic backgrounds, their religion, their you know, sexual orientation. You cannot actually log in any information about people if it doesn't uh, directly pertain to their employment contract. So I know in some countries you can, therefore you can talk about quotas and whether you're hitting those quotas or not. We actually legally can't do that. So we don't have any numbers that we should be working against because we simply can't um, register uh, these these differences.
2: Without being to able to track... Uh, you know these these aspects of diversity, how do you ensure that diversity is being I- integrated into your workforce?
1: Well, I think it's, it's just um, having an internal conversation and, and making sure that everybody's on board, and we all are. We talk about it a lot. And, you know, I, I think we're, in a way, already diverse because when you look at a, a company of 145 people and you realize there's 30 nationalities, I think it's 29, to be precise, um, already, right there, you have all these different points. Because diversity is getting under one roof a multitude of points of view, different ways to look at problems, different ways to solve problems. So when people come from different cultures, you will bring that under one roof. And for us, it's an incredible asset because when you try to get to work that um, travels across culture, having all these points of view under one roof is supremely helpful. But we talk about it a lot. I think it's a conversation and making sure the conversation continues. And it's not just about... Uh, ethnic diversity, it's gender diversity, it's age diversity. This is something that we care deeply about and we pay attention to that. So I'm really proud to say that, for example, in our creative department, the, the age spans from 23 to 52 and everyone's equally important. There's so much wisdom and experience in people who are older. And to just dismiss that because... The industry is young. I think is a big mistake.
2: Yeah, I mean, age is definitely something that you don't hear come up as much in the diversity discussion uh, when you're talking about the different kinds of diversity and how they're represented in the in the workplace. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like you don't hear a lot of discussion of age.
1: Absolutely, and I think there is unfortunately a tendency of, of thinking, oh well, you know, this person's a little bit over the hill. But let's face it, we're we're all get, we're living longer. The hill's getting taller. So I think that over the hill is just. It's obsolete. It really is. What
2: are some of the topics around diversity uh, that you're seeing in the programming or in the in the conversations at, at Can this year?
1: Well, I think there's definitely an effort to continue the conversation about gender and diversity and that's great there are more women on juries uh, there's fantastic initiatives like the See It Be It initiative that I'm a big fan of and it's putting together these amazing women and giving them opportunities to be mentored and it's interesting because one of our um, our head of interactive production Kelsey is one of the mentors and I was talking to her last night and she was blown away by these women and she said yes I mentored them but they equally mentored me back and I think this conversation goes both ways and it's it's really powerful so I like that we're seeing that continue um, and and I hope that we don't just drop the conversation because it's not fashionable anymore. We we need to keep on talking about this.
2: I remember last year I went to a panel on gender diversity uh, or gender balance. And you know, I walked in and I looked around and I realized two things. One, there there weren't very many people there at all. Uh, and we had all been talking about how it was such a huge topic that year at Cannes. Uh, but then the other thing you realize is these aren't executives these aren't the people who probably really need to be here
1: the people who go to these panels typically if you look around are women who are excited that the conversation's taking place but you're right we need to have the people who can actually make change affect change on these topics but it's it's coming it's you know i think the voices are getting louder the voices are smart and it it will change. It is changing.
2: Obviously, one area where we see diversity represented at Cannes is in the makeup of the juries. Uh, this year, I believe forty three percent of the juries were women. Of uh, the jury members were women. Um, and I guess what, what do you what would you say is the value of of improving this diversity, not just in the in the most visible parts, but also in what's going on behind the scenes in who's selecting the winning work.
1: Well, I think because with diversity, you get um, Different perspectives. Um, it's you know, it's so important. You lo- you look at work differently. You think about how it speaks to you and potentially other people. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I, I think the, and I think David Droga said it best. He said, if if you don't want diversity then you're not interested in making money like it was this this sort of shortcut to it like we will be better at our jobs if we have diversity if we're better at our jobs we will solve our clients problems more effectively and if we do that we will prosper and be successful it was that that close to him the sort of knock-on effect um i just it's it's difficult You, you know we need i think we need to just grow and mentor and nurture this generation of more diverse workforce, management, senior positions, yes, there is a problem. But how do you fix that? You grow your own. And that's the way we approach it. There's always this conversation about there's not enough women CD out there. It's true. There are not enough of them. Uh, There are several reasons why that happens. But our point of view is like, well, then let's grow our own. And we have a tremendous amount of phenomenally talented young women in the agency, young creators. In the past one and a half years, we've hired... 10 female creatives and we're going to, and these women all have potentials to be CDs and more. Um, And we're growing them and it's a fabulous thing. Just don't tell anyone that we're doing that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I, I feel like a, you know, a not so good recruiter, HR manager talent is one who basically just, when a job opening comes along, they post it, they gather up all the resumes, they send them along to the hiring manager and that's, you know, the obviously, it feels like to be a good recruiter, to get diversity, you need to be more proactive, right?
1: I think a good recruiter has to be proactive. Um, We typically at Widen, we don't post. And there's a reason for that. And to your point, because you get this enormous volume of resumes and people wanting to work for us, which is great, but then it takes a tremendous amount of time to go through it all and decide, you know, who's, who's someone that we would like to speak with further. Um, And it's not the way I go about it at all. Um, I I just, it's mining for gold. It's exactly that. So, and when you look at diversity, um, you have to be smart. You have to think of, you have to think outside the box. Where are these people? Maybe they're not in advertising, actually, and you go look in other places and you find these incredibly talented people that, because they're bringing a different point of view, but also because they come from a different industry, but with transferable skills, they'll bring so much to this uh, the big um, sort of, you know, it's like a recipe. You add an interesting ingredient, and the the dish tastes better.
2: So, what are some of the conversations happening? Uh, you know, privately and behind closed doors that you're hearing uh, at Cannes. What are people asking about, talking about?
1: There's a lot of talk about the awards and why did this win and why did that not win. I I typically don't. It's not my favorite. Those are not my favorite conversations. Um, and it's uh, you could probably have a whole other podcast um, about that. I think it's about. I don't know, it's so varied. Um, I naturally, because diversity is big on my agenda, I have uh, connected with women more this year, and I was at a a great lunch just yesterday, uh, and there was a, a... a phenomenal woman who's an ECD in a big network agency. And it was actually fantastic to have a conversation with her and ask her, what was your journey? What did it feel like? Did you feel that it was harder because you were a, moment, a woman? And those are the conversations that interest me because it, it's, you hear it from the one person that actually made it and is in a position now to have a voice, to have a, a relevant story about the topic and to actually help other women or other, you know, minority groups within the industry to elevate. And that's the conversation that I I enjoy the most.
2: Do you ever see work that's winning and think, you know, I've got to find the person who did that. I've got to figure out who was behind it.
1: Yeah, of course,
2: of course. And what kind of work does that to you? What kind of work are you looking for?
1: I, original work, different, Um, not too addy. I know it sounds strange, but it's uh, that's the kind of work we like. I mean, we're we're really proud when we can make great work that doesn't really look like advertising, um, work that I just surprises me, um, and work that is real work. That's also something that's really important to us at Widen. We're not. I mean, look, and it's great that you know, the work is winning awards. But what's hard to do in this business is a yes, have a good idea but then really make it and for it to be scalable and for it to really impact your client's business. Those are the great advertising ideas. So for me, I will always look more closely at work that has done that rather than work that it's a great idea, but it's not really scalable and it was just a a flash in the pan idea. Um, Those are not as interesting to me.
2: What advice would you give to someone who is uh, just within kind of the first few years of their career?
1: Um, Several things. I think be voraciously curious. Continually feed your brain with many things. If you want to work in advertising and be great at having ideas, don't feed on other advertising ideas. Feed on all the other creative stuff out there in the world because that's going to inform your work. It's going to give you the idea that's just fresh and you're going to think outside the box a little bit more easily if you keep on feeding your brain like that. Second advice would be just grow your network. Talk to people. Don't hesitate to reach out. Um, you know, I reach out to people who I think are to be able to mentor me and I just do it. And more often than not, they're very happy to do that. And so don't be shy. If there's someone out there that you admire that you think is doing something in a way that's just so amazing and you go, wow, I wish I knew what the secret sauce was, Ask. What's the worst that can happen? Just ask. Don't be shy. Grow your network. Go and talk to the people who inspire you. Go reach out. Be mindful that sometimes they might not have the time to reply, and it's okay. Don't take it personally. But just get yourself out there and just keep your brain wide open.
2: The the other thing I see a lot at CAN are these veteran uh, agency executives, creatives who've been doing this for a long time, And they're no longer excited about this. They don't get, you know, they don't get overjoyed about going to the beach, to going to Cannes, to seeing all this work. What advice would you give to people who are, you know, struggling to stay motivated, who, you know, have just kind of become embittered?
1: It's interesting you say that. Just yesterday I was talking to um, a a group CD in one of the really great agencies out there. And he had come to that point. and, And what he did is he stepped out of it. He just, one day, he just looked at himself. He goes, I'm bitter. I don't, I don't, I'm not into this anymore. I think I'm, I still love it, but I just can't, I just, I, I've lost my enthusiasm. So he stepped out, he traveled and you, there's many ways to step out of it. And I think then you come back in stronger, more interesting. Um, and I think if you're talented, you, don't freak out. You'll come back in. You, definitely you'll come back in. So sometimes stepping outside of it is really helpful.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like this is the disease behind some of the worst symptoms when it comes to ads that just feel recycled and stale. It's because, you know, these people who just can't uh, get excited about trying something new and different.
1: You have to care and you have to want to still, you know, Dan Wyden says, he's got this very famous quote where he goes, move me, dude. And it's it sounds very simple, but it's at the essence of what we do. What are the ads that you remember, you know, the ones that kind of touch that human part inside of you and, and, and whether you were laughing or you were moved or, so I think that's what you have to always try to get to. And it takes a village to get there because if you have great strategists, they'll help you get there. If you have, you know, everybody contributes to that, but at the end of the day, what are you trying to do? You're trying to connect people with a brand um, hopefully, sort of in a way that moves your client's business. But the best way to do that is to talk to people as if they were people with he- emotions. Um, <laughs> that's madness! <you> know? <laughs> wow, really? Um, so I think that's the essence of what we do. It's hard. It's hard. Let's
2: talk a bit about reverse mentoring. Uh, you know, where the younger employee is really kind of helping the older one uh, improve their career. Uh, you know, I think the the cynical way to look at this, is, or when you see it, is. Uh, Someone pointing and saying, "Hey, you, twenty-two-year-old, help us understand millennials so we can sell this stuff to them." But uh, you know, I I do think, even for me personally, it's one of the most rewarding aspects of working with uh, you know such a wide range of of ages.
1: Uh, Are you seeing that uh, being embraced in the industry? Absolutely. Um, I think, for example, like you know, we talk about technologies, and we have. clients like Instagram and Facebook platforms that the, the younger generations are so comfortable with. And they're, it's sort of intuitive the way they use it. And our younger creatives bring so much to the table because they'll just kind of get on the platform and like, naturally, they'll just know what to do with it. And they'll know to make it so that it it's it's true to what that thing does. And it speaks to the target audience in a way that it, it's cool and I see that every day where, you know, you have the younger generation in a way teaching uh, to the older generation that's maybe not as comfortable with these platforms. And when we have to do on-platform, off-platform work that is relevant and genuine and, and fun and just that works, that's just also such an asset. So equally, like, let's not dismiss the older people because they're too old, and let's definitely not dismiss the younger ones because they're too young, everybody contributes something different.
2: All right. We've been talking to Sophie Wirth, recruiter for widening & Kennedy Amsterdam. Thank you so much, Sophie. It is always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you, David.
2: All right. Well, thank you to everyone who's listened to our podcast from CAN. Uh, throughout the week, we'll be getting back to our regularly scheduled weekly program. So uh, don't worry, we're not going to keep blitzing your feed. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely check out adweek.com slash CAN. That's C-A-N-N-E-S. Uh, if you'd like to see our wide array of coverage that we've been posting and uh, drop us know, we're at Adweek on Twitter, podcast at adweek.com by email. Our theme music is by Home. And uh, I'm David greiner I'm an ad- editor with Adweek. We will be back uh, in just a few days.
0: Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company?